told him I was gonna be something That broke shit made me sick, big appetite with a weak stomach Ain't had nowhere to go, nigga, I was lost in them streets running Then I hear Rodeo just to get stylish, ran through 300 Just happy I did it, nigga, nobody ever gave me none Flexing so hard, I might pull a muscle, but I just keep stunning 30 in the mag, you get body bag, I'm just gonna keep dumping Police get behind me, I'ma press the gas, I'm just gonna keep stumping Welcome, special episode of Student of the World, introducing the Rocky Jones Human Rights Award winner and Peace Medal from the YMCA. I have here Trayvon Clayton. What's up, brother? Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Your first uh, podcast. Uh, I'm here to tell you about myself, everything I've been through, my stories, and what I look to do and what I look to make a change within. Thank you for having me. For sure, brother. Um, First off, um, yeah, who are you? Uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Let them know everything, not everything, but just kind of a quick gist of, of who you are and what you're about. Um, as we were, as I said, my name is Trayvon Clayton. I am a 22-year-old, born and raised here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Uniac Square. Um, some call me a, a youth leader, a, a young leader, mm-hmm. an advocate. Um, so. Whatever one of the, whatever one you want to call me, that's <laughs> what I take. But uh, I'm just a kid who wears a hat on their sleeve and look to give back to the ones who, who gave to me, and also I look to to do as much as I can for my people. So gotcha. So you, I could tell you kind of how you have respect for for the OGs. You know, you want to be inspiring to the youth, and you want to kind of motivate your peers, kind of deal. I'm the same way, man. Um, but just just tell me about your your quarantine time. How have you spent you know the last four months in this hectic, crazy, crazy ass time we've been dealing with? So I say probably for the first two, it was like man, this this stuff is all a little bit overthought of. Mm. People are overreacting to it, and uh, school was still kind of going on, but it canceled school for us. So I was like, hey. I, kind of liking it, liking the results I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, big ass school, day, or uh, snow day. My, one and of my so, homies called it the biggest snow day ever. And so, uh, me, i just been, still been being myself, but doing most of my stuff from my house, working with friends who I, uh, were part of Game Changers 902 with me. I've been working for my, my host with them, just talking about things, but also, COVID has been, it's kind of like, motivation mm. you know you learned a lot from COVID because you're really just sitting in the area just yourself. by yourself so you're thinking. really just thinking like okay what can I do next what can I do for this position or whatever etc and so it kind of gives you that that motivation to just mm. like, once this is over you got a lot to catch up on yeah yeah and you got a lot of doors to bust down because mm-hmm. we still see government was still running through COVID yeah still see the racism happen through COVID mm-hmm. and so like damn I gotta once once I get the, the door the key to open this door mm-hmm. I gotta attack these certain things and I gotta I gotta move forward on them and so but it's kind of motivating for me I've been working out every day throughout it like throughout it I kind of it was like now I see why people behind bars kind of see you come when they're out, in prison. Yeah, yeah you either you come out lazy or you come out motivated and actually ready to turn shit around. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I kind of like I was already doing that, but it's just like it just motivated me even more. Got, got you. Yeah. See, for me, I remember that first month it hit me like weirdly because like oh shit we don't got to go to school or do nothing. <laughs> 
So I was on Xbox literally every night the first month, <laughs> every single night just playing Xbox. And it's funny because you get lost in it, and we don't know how long we're like. We, I'm like, I got how tired of the game. Sick of it. Tired of two K. Sick of it. Yeah, man. Game. It's like, man, I gotta do something now. Yeah, that that's kind of. I probably say I hit that feeling about month, like two and a half, sort of like a month ago. I, I kind of hit that realization that. I, I can't waste my time anymore. Like, <laughs> I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Corona, period? Like, what do you think is going on here? Because for me, like, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're telling us is the truth. <laughs> I don't know I who's got it. The same kind of way. Uh, so there was times I was thinking, hey, it could be real. Mm-hmm. Then there was times, like, man, this, I think it's kind of a, it's kind of fake. <laughs> it's like government planned for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because as it's been on news multiple times that COVID's been around for years. And it was just, so I'm kind of, my head's like, is it really fake or is it real? Like, who can I be around? But then it was just, honestly, I can't really focus on COVID too much because mm-hmm. I still got to focus do on what you gotta my do. own shit. So it was uh-huh. like, yeah, I'll keep my distance. I'll keep keep uh, follow the guidelines and the rules guidelines and the rules and stuff but just like i can't let that kind of stop me you know mm-hmm. and then i was told there were some races uh parts due to covid so as you could look on like maps and stuff like in the geo area where covid usually is a main thing where it's like it hits that spot directly you could see the i forget where it was but it was uh it was really dark in in uh black areas black communities mm-hmm. it's just like Okay, so of how course. is this like? So why is it just like a target for us now? Exactly. So I was just like, man. So it kind of made me think COVID was just a racial thing. A racial and, thing. And I think all. about this too. Like, for me, um, you see, you know, this George Floyd, may he rest in peace, thing happen, mm-hmm. and who's protesting mm-hmm. predominantly black people? Yeah. Who's out there not social yeah. distancing? And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it makes you think all these different little weird things when and it comes like, to COVID. That was like also mentioned to me as well. Uh, people, like when we did our second protest here in Halifax, that mm-hmm. was huge. The colors were mixed. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you wake up to a bunch of messages oh, you guys aren't following COVID guidelines <laughs> and stuff. And it's just like, man, like, it was just like, COVID may not be real. Cause the next day when they did their result their test zero cases found and everything it was just like so like mm-hmm. what is going on yeah it, so people I, have to to say like you're not following like they're kind of like i don't know I don't it's know hard to say it's yeah. really hard to say because me myself personally i don't know anyone who has it but i know there are people dying like for i sure. all, all my family's in new york and new york is like a big and that, and epicenter remember, for like the, the bigger places kind of like have it as well mm-hmm Toronto's kind of big on it. Montreal was big on it. Halifax, not that big because we're a smaller mm-hmm. province, smaller but population. Then again, it's like how much are they really telling us with the numbers? How exactly. much are they really filling us in and everything? Um, yeah. But yeah, who uh, who have you spent most of your COVID time with? Are you at home with your parents or? Home with my family, with my girl. We're just chilling. I, like I play on the game, but then I also just like. It was to the point where it's just like, man, I miss ball, so I started organizing runs. Mm, I saw that. I did see that. Organizing runs at, uh, in my community for people to come and play ball. We've been playing ball with each other probably for the past month and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so I see them guys a lot. And so. 
Speaking of family, um, how is your, so there's your parents, are both parents involved in your life? Yeah. Um, and how, how many, bro, you have just one brother and one no, sister? I got, I got <laughs> no one's, like, so I got my mom's house, I have one brother and, one sister, uh, and two sisters with us, but then I have more on my dad's so. Okay, Can I'm going to pause you right there real quick, just because that is one thing I noticed, like, when I moved here, so, like, my family is, like, a, like a small circle, we're in a huge city. When I came here and I, I made this, I don't make this assumption, but I joke with certain people, like when I see all black people in Scotia, I think everyone's related, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's just like Scotia is so small. And so especially being black, it's like you've got to be connected. Because mm-hmm. if you ain't connected with the blacks, then who you really connected exactly. with? So you can see everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And so we're not all related, but it's also due to the, the respect mm-hmm. that our parents gave us. If like so, my parents definitely grew up with some other parents, and it's just like my son is gonna be calling you uncle or aunt because mm-hmm. of our connection we have. So it was just like due to respect, we we grew up calling like my mom's good friends. There's no blood relation, but but it's family. My mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like family ain't gotta always be blood. It can be like I got best friends that we ain't blood, but it's just like it just you're is my that connection. Mm-hmm. I can yeah, I got a connection with you. I trust you. It's like, I'll do anything for you, just as you would do for me. 100%. So it's like that. But you all, you also experience the, the negative parts. There's people who you can be trusting, but then later on, they'll do stuff behind your back. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right. So now, it's just like, you'll be like, I'm happy we eat blood because, you know. Yeah. And sometimes even blood, you know what I mean, like, can do that. Can do that. So it, it, it's a, it's totally a different dynamic here. And, and like it's just tru- it's small I've, I've like truly I admire it because like the roots are so deep here and it's mm. so it's it, like I said it's so deep and it's so well connected whether you like it or not it's mm-hmm. just it is what it is and I like that um but going back to family um I, I see I noticed like how involved your dad is yeah um a I respect that for sure um and how do you think that's helped you you know and your brothers and your household you know mold you into who you are today um so as a kid i always used to say like when people ask me what i wanted to be earlier do i want to be like my dad i always used to say no i always used to say no because my dad was too busy and it was just like i never knew what he was really busy for because i wasn't understanding what he was really doing mm-hmm. but it was all the things that i'm doing now and so i used to say no i don't want to do that because he's always running around got meetings and stuff mm-hmm. and i was just like man no he, he's too busy not saying he was always didn't have time for me or anything but he was just like he's busy he's a busy man he's a, like a known man as well and it was just funny because like i said i think i was just kicked into this kind of position and it was just like trey let's go like you're made for this you mm-hmm. gotta i grew up seeing it but i just i found out about a year and a half ago what it really was that my father was doing mm-hmm. and like i was kicked into my father didn't drag me into this it was just like i said it just a fell boot, right into boot. your lap yeah, almost, just, yeah. So I say the man up above was the one who was like, You're Get it, let's get it, man. You got to go to work. Mm-hmm. And so my dad is someone who's been doing, like, involved in, with this as much as I am. He's been doing it for more than 22. I'm only 22. He's been doing it for more than 22 years. Damn, so, so it's something he's been doing ever since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of sad to say that I'm doing the same exact stuff my father was doing ever since. Well, since from time. Was, yeah. So it's sad that I'm, I'm doing that as I, when I won my, uh, my medals and my, mm-hmm. my human rights awards, I announced to them, I was like, I'm grateful for this award, but at the same time, it hurts me that I'm still, I'm winning the award for, 
for stuff that I didn't create. Mm -hmm. And my dad's win the like my dad won an award as well, and, and it was stuff for we stuff we didn't even create. And my dad was trying to point that across the table growing up as well. And so my that's dad crazy, is isn't it? That I, it's a cycle almost. Yeah. It's like our parents and our parents' parents. Like it's like we're falling in line, mm -hmm. and you know I feel like. The, every generation that feels like we have to be the ones to break that cycle and it's yeah. hard it's a tough it's a tough feat you know it's a tough battle it, it feels like you know as one single man you're going up against the world and I think my my angle now and what I'm about is you know we shouldn't have to push this world to alone if no. we do this together it'll be easier you know it'll be Ten you know if we better. if we cut all the my opinion versus your opinion crap out for me it's like will actually be able to move somewhere. If we just unite and come together mm -hmm. as one, as we were talking about before this, mm -hmm. just, we gotta be able to be able to agree with the yeses and the noes. Exactly. We're not, no one gets the everything they want in life. No. Some, but I know not a lot in our, our culture no. get everything they <laughs> no. want in life. So mm -hmm. it's just like, you gotta be ready to, to take that no and, and, and or take that negative and turn it into a positive. Or work for it, or go go get and it. So or as you can see, racism is, is huge, and it's just like, man, we all we all face it. Mm. I bet you we're all tired of it. It's sick and, and tired so of it. Like if we ain't we ain't liking each other, but we still got to put that those experiences we had with racism on the table and be like, yo, we can change it this way together. And mm. it's just like that will make the connection come. And it's just like, man, we all gotta we all gotta start seeing what is happening to us. Like we gotta start realizing that everyone's against us. And so when it's my own people against me, it's just like, where do I go? It, it makes it harder. So huh? like there was a picture I seen when like a lot of this stuff started happening again. Like a little, like a young guy in the middle, a police guy on his left with a gun to his head and a black guy on the right with a gun to his head. And it's just like, where do I go? What do I do, right? And sometimes I felt like, damn, like mm -hmm. your own people after you and then you already got the ones with power coming after you. Coming like, after where, you. Where do I go? So yep. it, hit, it hit deep. And not saying that it had me in that specific way, like two guns to my head, but it was just like th there was times where it just feels people like told me like, man, you're doing this for nothing. We ain't gonna listen mm -hmm. to you. And, and then I already got the, the white ones saying to me, man, we ain't gonna listen to you. Like, <laughs> yep. It's just like it's hard, where man. Where do I go? And, and I think I think that's why it's tough for people to step up. I think that's why it's hard for us to to for the leaders to step up and speak out against things because. You know, once you put yourself out there, you, you're susceptible to to the bullshit from everywhere, from yeah. all sides. And and I feel like you know, education has a lot to do with it. And, and, and you know, the our society, the way we're we're brought up. You know, I'm I'm not like I'm addicted to my. I'm scrolling on Instagram every day, which I'm sure mm -hmm. everyone from you know 30 and down that's is is doing. Is, and you got to think too, like yeah. the shit we're seeing constantly, it's getting instilled in our heads, and we're yeah. seeing. It, and I think we're, we're being taught to. You know, self-hate, and you know, as as black people, we see another—not uh, me personally, but you know—it's like, oh, I need to get up out of here. I need to get away from from these people, and, and I need to advance myself. And then, of course, when those people see you doing better, they're gonna kind of, whether you're doing better or not, they're yeah. just gonna, oh, well, he thinks he's better than us. Or and that's something that, that, that happened to me too. Like a lot of people were like, oh, Trey thinks he's better than us, mm -hmm. or it's just like, nah, I don't think I'm better than you. It's just like I'm, I'm really trying to make a change so we're all sitting here together sitting at these tables together 100%. I don't want to just do this for myself like I'm not just doing this for myself 
I'm doing this for the black communities here mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia. If I can make it globally, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it globally. Like mm-hmm. I want to impact as much people as I can grow and Same. becoming the man I'm becoming. I want to continue to to inspire people, open exactly. up their vision, and, and, and make them believe in themselves. Because it's just like if one person does it, someone else can do it. Exactly. That's the way I see it. And so like when I do something positive, yeah, there's times when I get negative feedback. No matter what I do. Like the protest we had, second one, that was a, they said that was the biggest. Turned to a dance party and, and stuff. They said that was the biggest protest in in Nova Scotia. Mm. So at the beginning, yeah, we did we did have a little celebration at the end. Mm-hmm. But as you can see, there's places in America who had their celebration. They're doing what they're well. doing. They're yeah. Doing, let us be let, like let us sell, like let us do our things the way we got to do it. And if you see it's bringing a positive impact to people, mm-hmm. just be happy. Be happy. Because I I think there's no right or there's no right or wrong answer and I think in ways like a lot of us um not us specifically but a lot of people are kind of winging it because no one knows what to do we you know what I mean no one knows what the right answer is because like I said it's been a cycle for years and years so it's like well damn how do we break it right and so I think with being a leader you know comes that understanding of you know you're going to take some flack and, and you just got to take the bullets and just keep walking forward you gotta be ready for them the pros and the cons Mm -hmm. of the things we do as a leader because it's just like all right well that bad experience i had or that that bad feedback i had from the others Mm -hmm. now i know when now i'm gonna make a positive feedback from that stuff like i'm gonna make a positive change from that negative uh feedback that i got yep make a change now i just okay like thanks you can can tell me what you got to tell me thank you i'm gonna run with it and i'm gonna turn it into something Something positive. That's how I view it. And that's a good mentality and that's what to have. We're always yeah. taught in, in math class. I know when you got a negative, what do you do? You put that positive into it. What's it become? Does it become balance or do you become more positive? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like that's what I see it all as. And so I'm trying to just move forward. Yeah. I don't like just sitting in circles. Like I don't like going in circles. I don't like doing them donuts. No. I ain't no car to, to burn yeah. up my tires. Yeah. If I'm burning up my tires, I'm making sure I'm burning them up going forward. Going straight. Yep. And that's what I want to. Like, I'm always hit bumps and stuff, but I want to continue to to go after mm-hmm. I hit those bumps. I don't want to sit there and have that as my final bump, and I'm just like, I give up. I mm-hmm. can't give up. Exactly. As we were just saying, it's been going on for years. Mm-hmm. Did, the, did the slaves give up? No, they, they couldn't. Them? So it's just like, I can't give up. I got to, there's a it's lot of It's for them, guys. The, the shit that, the, the, ancestors, the ones that came before us. Yeah, so man. It's a, it it's a big responsibility, too. And, and I think, like, you know, for me personally, you know, I, when that happens to our leaders, you know, I, I could see why a lot of people go, man, fuck my own people, because they don't even fuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But, you know, you got to understand, you know, once you start to grow, you're dealing with people who have nothing and they're coming from nothing. So me, my personal mission is, you know, I don't want to get to the top and be a CEO and this mm-hmm. and that and be surrounded by people who can't relate to me, mm-hmm. whether white, black, or, you know, I don't want people around me that I can't relate to. I can't, I want my peers, the, the guys... Or, or, or women that come from what I come from. I want to bring what I'm going to go make out in that world, and I want to bring it back to these communities and, and build them up. And and I think I, I think that's your goal, too, um, from the sounds of it, obviously. It's just like, man, if I'm able to run my own business, I want people in my business that are able to, like, even if they're white, to be, come to work uncomfortable. But then as your, your experience goes through that work, I want you to be able to say you're comfortable so you can can take the things that we taught you through if I have mm-hmm. my own business and you'd be able to be like man like these people aren't who they say they were in my community mm-hmm. it's just like I want you to be able to come to work ready fully to go ready 
fully committed and just prepared just for the work to do the job exactly. and i think and I, I always use sports as an analogy quite a bit just because you know all of us are either athletes or fans of some sort of sport mm -hmm. and especially when it's a team sport we don't see what goes on in that locker room we don't see the differences and the different personalities and and this and that you know the teams do the teams see it but there's might be guys on that team in the in the same position that 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 might not like each other or mm -hmm. you know they don't hang with each other outside the sport they don't really mess with each other but when it comes to game time and practice they they got one yeah. goal in their head and they want the one team. thing and you're on the same team when you both want to win so i think if we translate that to the outside world here i think ain't no telling how far we can go you know what i mean Man, i use basketball as my as my network mm -hmm. i use it as my connection piece and i use it as basketball too taught me how to be fully committed so everything that i'm doing now as being a, a young leader it, basketball taught me how to to be that leader and, and especially for like other than my parents and my family members but basketball was something that that taught me all my life my person my personality and who i could be and what i can be mm -hmm. i ain't got to be in the nba for people to realize that I'm a leader or anything. It's just man, you got to be able to make those those right steps and those big jumps in order to be a leader. You mm -hmm. got to be prepared for what is what's coming your way. So, and that that I think that comes with understanding, like I said, both sides of everything. Like if you're like to be a leader, in my opinion, is someone who can someone. You don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to you don't have to be anything special to be a leader. Um, which I think is the misconception about what a leader is. You don't have to, you could be who you are and still lead. Whether some people lead in different ways. Some people lead by example. Some people lead by, you know, being motivational. So, you know, there's different ways you can lead. And it, it's all about stepping up to the plate and yeah. accepting the challenge that comes with what you're getting into or what you're doing and understanding that there's good with the bad. And, and yeah, man, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, and that was football for me. Football, like, I'm not, you know, big CFL or AUS or NFL star or anything like that but football instilled all these values and morals into me and taught me how to work with people and taught me how to work together with other people and whatnot but yeah I definitely get what you're saying man um, one thing I wanted to touch on though was I heard you um, talking about your experience with police and uh, being brutally beaten at how old were you 16? <laughs> 16 yeah. um, before you before you dive into that, is that is that the the worst or like the only experience you've had with with uh, police? That's probably like for me the worst. Mm. I was 16, didn't drink, didn't smoke. Um, I was just in a white community, and I literally out the blue, police officer came rushing at me with his car. What? Where were you, like, what was the situation? Were you out, like, at a party? Were you I was like leaving a party, so as the party, the party got shut down by police, there were people who were there under, uh, underage drinking. Mm -hmm. So I get that. They had to come there and do their job, so I was respecting that for sure. And so as I'm leaving, I'm like, okay, should I leave with a group of friends or should I leave by myself? I was like, let me, I'll catch up with them, but let me leave by myself so the attention isn't drawn to me. Yeah. But I was, think, I was thinking backwards this time. So as I'm leaving by myself, I'm walking up the street, and it's literally right by, like, between St. Mary's and Point Pleasant Park. So that's, like, a rich, wealthy mm -hmm. area here in Halifax. Yeah. So I'm leaving. I'm walking. 
And so I see a police officer, like, well, a police car come speeding around the corner with their lights on. Basically, I thought they were coming to get to to the uh, to the salute, like to the to the party, and come in and deal with that. So I'm like walking. There was no sidewalk at the time either, so I'm walking in the street. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm walking, he's come flying at me and like really like come straight towards me with his car full speed. But he, he was just doing that to be a smart ass. I'm guessing not purposely looking to hit me. Mm-hmm. And so he gets out the car. He goes, get on the sidewalk. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going there now. There's, there's not one right here at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, get on the sidewalk now. It's like, okay, I'm not running. I'm not doing nothing wrong. So I don't got to sit there and, and, and listen to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So after that, man, he comes and grabs me, puts me in a chokehold, and slams me to the ground. And then that's when he pins his knee to the back of my neck. And it's just like, that whole George Floyd situation for me was just like, too close traumatized mm-hmm. it was like PTSD mm-hmm. and it was just like man like imagine if he would they would have put their their knee on my neck for more than eight minutes and so I'm like I was literally going through the same thing at the age of 16 and so after good Crazy. thing my parents my father especially and my mom knew police officers at that time it was just like man you know you know my son don't drink you know my son don't smoke so give me a reason why he's really arrested. Mm-hmm. And so like the police officers that did arrest me tried to put me up for assault and tried to put me up for resisting arrest. And I was only 16, so I was traveling, playing basketball. And that year I was going to New York to play basketball as well. And it was just like, damn, like, am I getting a, am I going to get a criminal record? Mm-hmm. And so like when I first was arrested, that was my first time ever, I was like, Man, this feels kind of cool. I'm in the back of the, like, you know, I'm yeah, in the back. Yeah, the experience. Like, yeah, I was yeah. just like, I'm cool now. Can't know I'm messing me because I was arrested. Mm-hmm. That's how I was seeing it because I was young. But then after that, it was just like I was thinking. And that's when Street Checks became a, like, um, like that's when the reporter for Street Checks came here to Halifax after to kind of get a little bit of mm-hmm. inside scoop from the communities. And I started hearing that others were going through that same thing so I was like oh that wasn't just a mistake that cop wasn't just new and just wanted to get his first arrest and everyone was like Trey like that's something that happens that's around real, here that's, that's a regular that's that's common that's, that's a common problem crazy and I was man. just like so I was really arrested for for being black in a white community I was mm. like this is crazy and so yeah that was probably my worst and it was funny because my father told me right before that, like probably about a week or two before that, to read the Book of Rights. And I was like, Dad, I'm only 16. I don't create no problems. And I was like, I ain't got to, I don't got to read that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm young, so I ain't doing nothing bad. You know, I don't do that. And then it was just like, hey, about a week and a half later, there I am handcuffed. And I couldn't say nothing to the officer because I didn't know my rights. And I was just like, I don't know if this guy's doing this on purpose or if I actually did something wrong. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty cool that your dad, you know, and it's sad. It's cool, but it's sad that your dad had to tell you that because I feel like most of us is, as young black men and women, like, I don't know the laws like that. I don't know the my, I know my rights, but I don't, I couldn't really. Well, it's just like if I ain't involved in it, if I ain't involved in breaking the law. Then why do I need why to do know? Why do I really need mm-hmm. to, to learn about exactly. it? Exactly. But then now, as I'm 22, I see why, like, parents now mm-hmm. are saying, hey, hey, son, hey, daughter, you have to make sure you you know about these rights or these rules and, yep. and make sure you know who's around you and what's mm-hmm. going on and make sure you're not around no police officers. Like, I wanted to be a police officer when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. There was cops that I used to look up to, and I, and I was just like, damn, I want to be this when I'm older. 
And when I had that experience and when I found out more information about how the system worked, it was like, I can't go in this, I can't go support or work for a system that doesn't support me. Yeah. And so now a lot of people say, well, Trey, we need people like you on the inside to make that inside change. And it's just like, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, when you get on that inside, it's very hard to me. I'm not saying I'm backing down, but it's just like when you get on that inside, they find way more ways to, to, to quiet you, you up, to yeah. quiet you, pay is different. And it's just like, I don't want to go through that. And so right now my main goal is to go to law, become a lawyer. If I can become a judge, I'll become a judge. Mm-hmm. It's just so I can motivate kids um, to get on, on that side of things. The thing for me too with cops, like I've had some shitty experiences with cops, like to me, not all cops are bad, but what people don't realize is cops, whether they decide to be a good cop or a bad cop, cops have a, a structure. They, they, they have a system. They, they have a system, and also they don't really have to follow rules. And when they no. don't, they're not held accountable. So you could, cops can speed. You know what I'm saying? Who who can Man, pull a cop see, over? We all <laughs> see when there's when there's free, uh, red lights and there's traffic. Yeah. Turn them lights on. Cops or ambulance. You see them turn them lights yep. on just so they can get up ahead of everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, like, to have that privilege. Mm-hmm. To to, yeah, the that. right and privilege. Like, it's like, damn, it's like we're all in the classroom and they're cheating on the test and so are we, but we're the only ones getting in trouble for it. So even like though a, they're known a, that they're cheating. So seeing in the hood and stuff is like, let that officer take off his badge and his yep. or her badge and, and, and put that weapon down and then Let's handle it. Exactly. And so if that officer beats me one-on-one fist-to-fist, it's like, all right, now I'm going to give that officer my respect. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like. But they abuse that authority. And they, and they feel mm-hmm. like they, they're Superman when. When they got that badge that and that badge. gun. Yeah. Uh, anyone could feel like it's Superman. It's just like there's some people out there who, who are willing to, to, to kill a police officer. That badge ain't always. <laughs> like, we're all yeah. human. We all bleed. Mm-hmm. And some bullets people get don't fed have up. a name on it. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. People get fed up. And so, like, sad that parents, like my father, my mom, like, they're worried. If I, when I'm out, and if I'm out past 12, mm-hmm. if I give them a phone call, they're thinking something. It's just, like, <laughs> going down. And it's like, no, That's mom, sad, man. man. It is. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but that's the reality we live in now. Yep. That's, those are the ways we have to see things. Like, you've probably seen that uh, video on Instagram, the little boy outside shooting hoops. And then the police officer drives up the street. He hides behind the car. Yep, I did see that. Yeah. When the car drive, he's peeking around. The, car, the police officer drives off, and it's just the kid goes back out to shooting again. Yep. Like, why does a kid have to sit there and and do that? He he, he kind of looked like he was only around six years seven, old. Seven, yeah, not seven even seven years old max. Mm. It's just like, I'm happy the kids learning early. But but, but that's, they should be able to live their childhood. You can't, and, and that's the thing. Growing up as, as young black uh, men and women is that we we're we're almost forced to become grown early it's like we have to mature way quicker and we have to deal with real social issues as opposed to you know just being a kid like you if you want kids to just be free and but when you're when you're growing up black that that's a you can't because then you'd be you'd be naive to the reality of what what's actually going and on that's what i'm kind of like right now i'm like i believe there's going to be change and i feel like there was a huge jump between like the generations now mm-hmm. like i feel me as a kid, like where I grew up, I was probably the last generation to see the real side of like where I came from. Like mm-hmm. to see, like man, I seen drugs and stuff at a young age. I seen yep. guns and stuff at a young yep. age, and it's just like now the kids ain't seeing that. Mm-hmm. Kids ain't got an experience in that. And I like I wasn't allowed to cross my own street until I was about 15 years old for my mom to be able to trust that. Like okay, he's safe now. Mm-hmm. 
And so not saying like there was negative t- negative t- negativity in my community, but my community has way more positivity and, and other than that. And so like now kids in my community they ain't gotta worry about that. Now it's worrying about the police. Mm. And so it's just like man, like but like they're more safe within the community community within being anywhere else down like here on Spring Garden. It's just like I know when I walk down these ways, if I'm down here by myself or whatever. My head's on a swivel. If I'm not my community or in a black community in general, my head's on a swivel. Head's on a swivel. Yeah, and it's sad that like it, it, it's it's the truth, because you feel like you know me me and my homie Isaac where we stayed in a place recently called Sambro. We got an Airbnb. Um, it was his birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. We we barbecued, had some drinks and whatnot. And as we were there, literally people were driving by. And you just feel the eyes because it's a predominantly white neighborhood. And, and yeah. it's funny. The funny thing is. Uh, I don't know if you've been seeing uh, on social media that someone had a Confederate flag hanging up. Yeah, it was they were right across from us, like these dudes, That's crazy. Um, like the house. So it's like, you know, you don't feel comfortable or safe, even though if these people probably came and talked to me, human to human, they probably lo- they probably love me. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That's but the thing, like, not everyone's born racist. Not like actually, I won't say not. It, no one's born racist. You're taught it. It's, it's, it's taught. It's something that you're taught. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if them people actually put that stuff to the side, what they were taught growing up, and actually came and talked to me, they'd be like, "Damn, this kid, this kid's cool. This kid knows what he's talking about. This kid, he, he's on a good path." Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I wish people seen stuff that kind of way. Yeah. And me, I like I, the way I see stuff is give everything, everyone a chance. Yep. And then if you see if you, that negative, if that chance turns into a negative then you're like okay i'm not like i know this person isn't mm-hmm. legit or whatever or they need a little bit more time in yeah. order to be to be ready for what i'm talking about or what the things i want to mm-hmm. do and it's just like i want to give everything everyone a chance before i sit there and go and judge them and and share with say if i when i do have kids and share don't go speak to that person because that person is this kind of way man a lot of people change over the years yep and so you got to see it as like as that and like when i met yep. with justin trudeau a lot of people from like my communities or just here in Halifax in general came to me. Oh man, he he's full of bullshit. He's lies, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, man, thank you, but let me go and and meet Justin Trudeau myself and determine and for yourself. Because most of those people probably never talked to him, and now and that's the mm-hmm. thing. they and just so, see what they see. And so I was just like, let me put him mm-hmm. where where I want to put him after my meeting with him. Exactly. And that's another thing. Like, not a lot of people got the chance to to really meet one-on-one with Justin Trudeau have a conversation and probably a lot of people want to do that just to say oh I shook the prime minister's hand mm-hmm. or etc and so there's always hatred towards people who are do not I won't say doing better but just a step ahead mm-hmm. than what you are it's exactly. like you want to get to that position but you got to work harder if you Ex- want to get you to gotta that try position. you got to really try hard, you gotta put really yourself out there it. you can't it's not that's so, the thing and, and I've learned like you know with setting you know I just this is my second episode of the podcast um with setting things up you know i had to go buy my own mics i had to go buy all this gear and and things like that and you know i you know i kind of look for help and and try to i i kind of try to use my connections to help me with this but i i learned at the end of the day no one's gonna be your superhero no one's gonna come save you you want something done you really gotta go do it yourself do it (laughs) and just just um touching on the whole um quickly with what you said I think 
we all as humans have these these preset judgments of each other with how people look and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. If I see a, a, a white dude wearing a a plaid shirt with some ripped jeans and in in a, in a a hat, you know he I'm, he looks like a hillbilly type dude. You know yeah. that's that's the prejudgment. But me, I w- I will never allow those prejudgments to determine how I treat him. You well, know what you, I mean? You, you, like, you shouldn't. So as like as you were just saying about what a person wears, like one of the main things if, like in the in the black communities, if people see us wearing a do-rag, yep. sweatpants, horses, or jewelry or anything like that, we're all considered to be drug dealers. Thugs, We're all considered yep. to be thugs, and it's all like rough to no good. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, I'm going on my fourth year university. I Man, like I say, I sat at the table with government and everything. There's times I wore sweatpants to them tables because mm-hmm. I'm I'm being myself before yep. I sit there and go and put on some suit for people and, and me be there like man this ain't who I am I don't wear this exactly stuff. and pretend and have to be yeah, a character it's just you're like not. I'm not I'm I'm going in that meeting because I want them to them people to really know who I am I don't want them people to sit there and when they see me they're like oh Tri- this is Trayvon Clayton and then when I go back to my community I'm actually being who I really no I mm-hmm. want them people to see me straight on face to face in your natural really state yeah. yeah so yeah like there's times where you got to dress up casually for events or whatever because you know people are going there and it's gonna be a casual event, but man, be yourself. Like, don't try and be something you're not, and yeah. that's a problem. Like, a lot of the society has. A lot has. of us, yeah. And, and me too, bro. And I, that's the thing. Me, for 25 years, like I, I've, I've been a this and the thing is, I've been super honest with myself lately, and I, I, I found myself trying to fit into the white society, trying to mm-hmm. not, not that I've ever cared what anyone ever thought of me, but I've always done things based on. Okay, I don't want to piss off the white people because mm-hmm. if we piss them off, then it slap on the wrist. You know what and I mean? So for me, like, I never ever like, I didn't want to fit. It. I wanted to be welcome. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, that's a better to, word. I for just it. wanted to be like welcome. I didn't want to have to like, because I home is home. My black community is always gonna be a part of me forever. Mm-hmm. But it's just like at the same time, you can, I can't stay there forever. Mm. I can't like I gotta be able to have connections and able to grow like I don't go want, out in the world I don't want to see just, different like, things exactly I want to be able to have white friends I want to be able to have black friends Asian friends I want to I'm someone who wants to connect with everyone I don't just want to connect with my own because there's sometimes when you just connect with your own you don't learn about everything else because mm-hmm. we already been through so much negative and when you just like stay within like within your your bubble mm-hmm. it's just like it's just gonna continue to be negative stuff coming yeah, your way. Man. And so you got to be able to expand your bubble. And it's just like, as we're telling, telling the, uh, the privileged and the whites and stuff, you got you to gotta come out of your bubble in order to, to get to know us. It's just like, we got to do the same. We got exactly. like, to be able to come out of our bubble, our community, and go experience with them. And so, like, I went to a dominant white school, uh, Citadel High School. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, man, like, let me try and make some white friends here. Mm-hmm. Let me try and really see who I can talk to here at Citadel High School. Like, I always have my black friends with me, for sure. Got their backs just like they got mine. But there's times where I got to be able to expand that bubble. And so if you don't expand, you're never going to learn what's going on in life, or right. who's really with you or who's against you. For, for me, I think, too, like, that that's a that's an environmental thing, too, as well. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're all products of our environment. And, and so, like, um, I, I explained this in the last episode in, in New York. You know, New York is in Toronto, very similar where it's so yeah, multicultural. Yeah, the mini, the mini 
the mini version. Yeah, it's like the new and it's up and coming, and, and they're, they're very similar, different, different, you know, in, in in certain ways. But in the grand scheme, they're they're pretty much very the same. Which is why I do have a certain respect for Toronto, just because it, it yeah. reminds me of home, it right? Reminds you of home, yeah, for sure. And, and, and so, like, you know, for me in my in my high school or not high schools and. In my elementary school and junior high, and those experiences there in New York, you had all these different. Like I was, I was the type of kid that you know, the teacher moved me wherever for talking. I got someone to talk to at every table just because that's how outgoing my personality is, and, and it was so easy for me to to accept other cultures just because that's it was a norm for me. When I moved here, it was you know I, I went to Astor Drive Junior High, which is a predominant. Well, it was a white school, and there was only five black kids total out of the mm-hmm. however many. So it, it was definitely different, and I know how it must have felt as a as a black man who wants to, you know, better themselves and put themselves out there. I definitely, you know, relate to how you must have felt, you know, being in that situation and, and being, you know, kind of like the the even part to to, to the connector to yeah. white and black almost. So. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, you, you talked about Justin Trudeau as well. Um, did that have to do with what happened to you at Parliament Hill? Yeah, that was. You, yeah, <laughs> so, let, ex, so explain. Point, yeah, explain. I got the chance to fly from here to Ottawa, Ontario uh, with a couple other uh, African Nova Scotians as well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where me and Kate McDonald, that's who I consider to be more like my older sister mm-hmm. and my mentor, that's where we really clicked. Like that's when we found like damn okay we're on we're into the same exact kind of stuff so that was our connection right there so we were at Parliament Hill taken there to go speak with ministers and stuff like that to to tell them about our stories of systemic racism and how the environment treats us and stuff like that and it's just crazy how when I go to a place to share my story and, and like a lot of people been saying like Trey that was your purpose of going like that's why you were picked to go because like that stuff really happens and it just for it to happen at Parliament Hill was your mm-hmm. like so your what platform for what it exactly happen. did happen at Parliament Hill so we were there um, like hundreds of us were there to go speak with ministers about systemic racism was so it like a school trip or just it was all across selects? Canada oh, okay. so uh, National Black Summit okay in Canada so it was all across Canada people from out west people from up north etc and so we were there given the opportunity to go do that so as we're at Parliament Hill, man, we all knew right away. And, like, that's another thing. Blacks all have that same connection, racism. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, man, when we got in there, so when you when you walk into Parliament into the main doors, they have their security staff there. Those are high professional security staff. We walked in. They got the, you know, how you go to the airport and you got to take everything out of your pocket, like for the metal detectors, and you get patted down and mm-hmm. stuff. So we did that. And, like, so a white man went before me. And as I seen him getting patted down, the soft, gentle touches. Then when I got patted down, firm grips and a- aggressive kind of pat down. And everyone was just like, yeah, right there. Like, there's a there's a part of systemic racism right there. We're literally there's, proven. There's a right there. So we didn't announce that. Like, there are some people who wanted to be like, man, like, you guys are racist here. But we just <laughs> were like, man, let's keep it moving. Because that stuff was just like, that happens to us everywhere we go. And so as we got upstairs, uh, we were on the third floor. There was a bunch of us, and it was kind of cramped up because the third floor couldn't fit hundreds of kids. Mm -hmm. So some got separated and sent to the fourth floor. That was where a cafeteria was. And so as uh, we were on the fourth floor, 
there was a uh, there was a uh, young late well a man who came out first. He wanted to go and buy his stuff at the the cafeteria and then go back. And then a lady came out. She was hesitant to go buy her her food from the cat because she seen a group of blacks there, and that's rare. Like no, not a lot of blacks get uh, walking to Parliament Hill. So she was hesitant, and she was kind of looking, like, do I want to do it? <laughs> and then after, like, she did it, but it was just, like, after she came out, took a picture, snapped a, a picture of the kids, sent it downstairs to the sec I'm not secretary, to the uh, security, and said, um, yeah, these guys are being too noisy, they're too loud. So she made a noise complaint. And so I'm on the third floor at this time because, um, like, I was getting ready to do an uh, interview with CPAC, and that's a broadcasting company in uh, Ottawa. And so um, as I'm down there, I'm thinking, like, so I see the security guard get off the elevator on the third floor. Mm. I didn't know it was for this specific reason, but it was just like telling something was telling me, like, Trey, listen to this. Like, pay attention to what is going to be said. So I'm, as I'm getting ready to do my interview, I hear him, like, approach a, an adult, uh, like, a sh- uh, I was going to say shelter, <laughs> but as I'm um, approaching an adult as a chaperone. And so I'm thinking, like, after I heard it all, I was saying, wouldn't a, a security guard go upstairs to the, where the incident happened first and give them a chance and be like, as I said earlier, I see everything, give everyone a chance. And yeah. If they, if they don't, if before they chance, you react. And yeah. Number, number two, if they do it again, all right, that's when it's time you mm-hmm. gotta go. And so as a, so as I seen the security guard to the right of me, he's doing his um like he's talking to the lady. He he goes, hey. I'm not trying to be racist or sound racist or anything, but you know when you hear someone say, "I'm not trying to be rude or anything," but <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear something rude. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right there, it's just like, "All right, Trey, like, yep, listen." So he said, "I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but the dark skin group up on the fourth floor that have to leave, not everyone in there was dark skin, and it's just like you're trying to categorize like that. That's a problem we had growing up as mm-hmm. well through high school and stuff." So like, oh, I'm light skin. You're dark skin. It's just like we we don't click because of our skin tone. It's just like that. Man, that probably the stupidest thing I used to it's agree the, to when I was younger. To me, like, light skins and dark skins need each other. There's yeah, no. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> you know? that was probably the stupidest thing I really used to joke about. Mm-hmm. It's just like now, man. It's just like no, like we are all black. Yeah, that's and a, so one. as he said that, it was just like I went over and like I took off all my equipment and I walked over to him. I was like, what did you just say? Can you repeat that? And he just froze, like he, he didn't want to repeat it. So, and I knew I was just like, man, like we're really up here sus- experiencing systemic racism and stuff. Like these are what the people are doing here at Parliament Hill, a place that they say welcomes everyone, welcomes all cultures, races, and uh, and etc. It's just like, what in the hell is going on? So me, I'm thinking like, did I really just experience this at Parliament Hill after I was told I'm. Give them the free flight and everything. We're ironically to going to talk, talk about, about literally the situation. And yep. So it was just like, I got to get out of here. Like, people, some people stayed after me after it happened. Just people stayed, but me, I was just like, I got to get out of here. I'm like, I, I need to go back to my, my hotel room. This is like, the, this hit. And so I go downstairs as I'm leaving out the main doors. There's a security guard that said the racist comment to us with a hat on and said, trying to cover himself up. I was just like, this guy's a fucking. <laughs> I was like, does he really think we're like we ain't gonna recognize yeah, who he is yeah. and what he just said to us? And so, yeah, I walked back to my hotel room. Man, I called my father. <laughs> I said, "Yo, Dad, like, I was just kicked out of Parliament Hill due to my skin color." And so I was like, "What should I ask my dad? What should I do?" And so my dad, he was at Parliament. No, not Parliament. But he was at the uh, 
the conference with me, but he had to come back home because it's going into Black History Month. And so he plans a lot for that. So he's coming back home. And I was calling him before he took off. I was like, yo, Dad, like, what should I do? He's like, yo, son, I'm about to take off. He's like, but you'll do the right thing. Click. And I'm thinking, like, man, that was no help. <laughs> I was like, what the? So it just made me more. I was like, Frick, my, my dad didn't even help me. How old were you at the time? Like, I was uh, going, I just turned 20. Mm. And so I was like, oh, my God. You're probably like, what the like, hell? I was like, see, I was like, Dad didn't help me. Like, what the hell is going on? And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just put it on my Facebook because I know that's where a lot of the the older the older heads, like the, the elders and stuff are on there and they'll really see that Someone stuff. will say something for you, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I'm going to put it on my Facebook. And then, bro, I put it on my Facebook. That stuff shared, shared. I think it was over 900 times or whatever, 900 comments plus. And it just blew up. And so I was flying home the next night. Man, once I got home, it was like government was like, or just media, everything knew exactly my destination. Because once I got home, my phone just buzzing every second. Mm. Trayvon Clayton, can we have you come and talk today? Can we have you share what happened? I probably was just like, okay, what the hell is going mm-hmm. on now? Like, <laughs> how do these people know so yeah. quick? But it was just like, and so then after, that was when me and Kate, we came together. It was just like, because she was there, she experienced, she was the one doing the interview with me as well. And so she loved kids and there was a kid at the time who was there at parliament and experienced the same thing so she was like walking around parliament just with the kids just so the kid didn't have to experience mm-hmm. more negativity right. and so yeah when we got home me and kate just kind of was doing interviews and so it was just crazy how it all happened uh shout, shout out to kate mcdonald um big shout out to her so you guys have formulated this whole um has this has this kind of propelled you the situation with the whole parliament hill the police brutality you know it's crazy because a lot of of us black people face these types of things so what was it that kind of i know you said your dad you know was was a part of it and your dad you know it's kind of crazy because when our parents do something we kind of fall in line almost Mm -hmm. as with what they're doing but would you say what was it that clicked for you that made you say, all right, I need to start fighting for this for um, real? Honestly, it was just like, <laughs> I felt like I was kicked into it. Mm-hmm. Just like, like I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, like I, I experienced race, uh, racism at 16 with the police officer. Mm-hmm. And then at uh, age 20, it was like, it happens, like, systemic racism happens again. So it was just like, okay, like, I definitely got to do something. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, I was kicked into it. I don't know what really made me speak up, but it was just like, yeah. something telling me, like, Trey, you have to. And I just want to clarify that just because you, these like two, like you had some have happening at 16 and 20, th- just because those specific big things happen every single day in between and before and after, as long as you're black, you have continued to face these like, things like that already happened before I mm-hmm. even did. It was just the fact some people didn't have the voice to speak up exactly. about it. But, yeah, after that, like, yeah, I still face racism. I still face uh, systemic racism, especially. And just going to, man, just going to school here, the educational system is racist. Yeah, of That's course. racist. So, like, mm-hmm. growing up as a kid, not, like, them not really sharing our black history. They, they put it in one month. And exactly. Then, and then they sum it up as, oh, we were slaves, Martin Luther King saved it, and then now we're free. Exactly. (laughs) Man, when I first moved to Toronto, I was asking some people, like, what do you guys know about black history? 
like especially Canadian black history, man, they were just talking. And they would just answer like, uh, but they were just ready to say Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. Rosa Parks. And it's just like, no, man, like tell me about Canadian. We got a lot of uh, Canadian mm-hmm. uh, black history here. And it was just like they couldn't really share it. And so me, I knew my stuff because my father and stuff taught me that as a kid. And it was just like, damn, like, this is crazy how they're not even doing this in Toronto and stuff. The, the most probably popular the city, city in Canada. They ain't got top five from, in the world. Almost like, like, they ain't got that stuff sharing. I was mm-hmm. like, this is wild. And so, yeah. It was and just, same for me. Like, in, in America, even, like, you know, America's this big, great, you know, ignorant place where you know we only kind of care about america and that's it um mm-hmm. in a way but besides that the school system for me it's like you know I, I was good at school i just didn't like school i wasn't doing anything i was interested in i wasn't doing anything that i could really actually relate to and things like that um in terms of school but it it, it definitely doesn't teach us it, it teaches us different things in terms of our history and our culture it teaches us to kind of think a certain way and to see ourselves in a certain light where a lot of the things you know i'm seeing within the last couple of years that all these black people with all these crazy inventions that for the reason we're using certain shit Man, today you know what i'm saying just like uh, so i was doing like a little i'll call it a lesson for the the, the white communities i was mm-hmm. sharing black history and yep. stuff where i was saying to people tell me what people need to know more about or etc like that and so like when I was sharing the people's responses and stuff like when I telling people about the, the three hockey players that escaped slavery came here to Nova Scotia and created hockey hockey that's but yeah, crazy it was just like people always thought hockey was created by the creator of NHL etc a white man mm-hmm. and there's so much people like bro I didn't even know that like I'm and it was just like <laughs> you look at hockey now the dominant sport by White whites. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. No acknowledgement given to the black communities or the black people in general. It's just like this shit's crazy. Citadel, I was telling, I shared with people Citadel Hill, built by black loyalists. But hey, where's that? Where's no that one credit? not told. It's like it's like our our good history is hidden, and our bad history is glorified, and and, and it's it's crazy. Um, Citadel Hill, built by black lawyers, like in Jamaica Maroons and stuff like that. They were prior to slavery. They fought and stuff for what they had to do. And it's just like, man, why isn't that? Why isn't that told? Why Why don't we know why this? Why isn't that acknowledged? Like, why isn't there on Citadel Hill, Jamaican Maroons, the reason why Citadel Hill is, is here? Like, mm-hmm. Why isn't Jamaican Maroons acknowledged? And why isn't that stuff shared with the people here in Halifax? Like, the... Citadel Hill has um, a digital, like a little digital um, monitor on the front, like as a sign. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there slides showing the, the people who built that hill or the history behind that hill? Why isn't yeah. there a sign showing that? We know why. Uh, Come on. <laughs> that's a, a question they'll have to answer. But I mean, us as black people, we we understand and know why exactly that is. Um, I kind of want to get into. Uh, game changers. What is game changers? How did it come about? Um, what's the plans and hope with it? Um, so, uh, game changers. It's crazy. Like, so me, Kate, Dorico, and uh, Chevy Price. We've been working together for more than like it was more than a year. We came together as a group, and but we never really released who we were, or what we were doing. It was just like, man. 
when we go to events, we go to events sitting with each other at the table. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, our time is now. So like, it really was... It was a it was a bond that was kind of already there. That was already there, ready. but it was just like, how do we release what we what, who we are with the things we do? And so after George Floyd, it was just like, man, this is like, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. Like me, I was always trying to say like, man, like, we got to get our account up now. We got it. It was just like, but it was like, no, no. Clearly, it was meant to to wait your turn. Wait your turn and, and let the peak come to you. Don't you, don't you try and rush for that peak. Let it hit you. And so that's what we did. And it was just like after that, like when we made our account, I went to bed one night with like 200 followers on it. <laughs> Not saying I'm in this for the followers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when like, but that and feels then good. We, you then know we woke up. Man, there's already like 4,000 followers because mm-hmm. we released the letter saying like we're calling up the privilege. Like you guys, now it's time for you guys to come work with us come and sit at the table if you want to make a difference if you're seeing like because after a protest that we did the first two etc like people were starting to really wake up and so like that's what I'm saying it was our time to to release who we were because people are waking up and really realizing that black lives do matter Mm -hmm. and so as we are black ourselves it was like man like we have to do something like we got to do something about this now and like we've been doing protests over the past year and a half mm-hmm. we've been sitting at tables with government politics etc so we're not just saying we're doing all this stuff now like we've been doing you just it. been it's just, it's just now you just kind of showing the others it. the other side is waking up to it mm-hmm. so it's just like now we have that like us like we have a we have a platform mm. so now it's take advantage of this it, platform and, and use it okay and make people understand who you are and the things you're doing and so we're here to centralize the African Nova Scotia communities and and basically I'll say like put the African Nova Scotian communities on the map because there's like there's people in the black communities who want to be as yourself run a podcast have yep. a studio for yep. themselves there's people who want to do photography there's people who want to be lawyers judges yeah, doctors scientists etc so now it's time for us to really put that you take advantage of our platform and get people pull people up like I always say it as we shouldn't have to leave our homes or our city in order to be recognized you should I should be be able to be comfortable here Mm -hmm. and and do everything from scratch from my 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 host Mm -hmm. not my host but my community I shouldn't have to go anywhere and so that's where we're kind of putting it and I use ball as that like growing up playing basketball we always felt like, man, I got to get out of here. I got to get to Toronto yep. or I got to get down to the, to state the States where there's yeah. more recognition. <laughs> yep. And so, like, I was you. talking about, to about you earlier uh, about Lindell. Like, I use him as my, my motivation. He was someone who had the chances mm-hmm. to, to get out of here and go actually get his name on, yep. on the map. And so it's just like, so him doing that was just like, okay, if he can do it and he put Nova Scotia on the map with yep. basketball, also like Nate Darling. Etc. There's more multiple people like mm-hmm. that were even before us. The OGs like T Bear, Tyler, all them guys. It was just like, man, we can do this stuff from home. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is too, like for me being an American, being someone from the outside, kind of on the inside, being here for ten years, like you know, you start to notice things, and, and you know, Nova Scotia is a very small place that to the outside world, it's like you know, most people, you know, Americans and most people, unless you have a direct connection, don't mm. really know. 
and and so that, like that's another thing right there like you got to be able to put in that work to make those connections. Exactly. Like you should know you shouldn't have to leave in order to get those connections. Make though you put dig exactly. dig dig and, and really put that commitment to make those connections. I think it's sad and I'm glad you brought up Lindell cuz like you know Nova Scotia we have like there's a lot of talent that comes out of Nova Definitely. Scotia in music, Definitely. sports and, and in the business world. There's a lot of talent and it, for me I've noticed that only certain people get glorified, and, and no disrespect to uh, these guys, but you, you look at a, a, a Nate McKinnon and, and um, Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. come from Cole Harbor, a predominantly white and neighborhood, like, and them, they're glorified. They're, but look at they got the privilege because exactly we white. got, but but no one says anything about Lindell Wigginton, no one says anything about Isaac Berglund, and mm-hmm. no one says anything about these these guys who are doing these great things literally right before our eyes and it's because when they seen us like seeing them guys doing it it's like man he's gonna follow soon. he's gonna fail he ain't gonna like he's in the states with all these people mm-hmm. he ain't gonna he ain't gonna last but look at them they're making it exactly. nba cfl etc it's just like these people they were born for this mm-hmm. they were they were born to make this stuff happen yep. so i think I, I want them to especially to know like you guys are are leaders. Mm-hmm. You're leaders for Literally. the sports, uh, sports, and you're leaders on outside of sports. Mm-hmm. Like people will use you as motivation and be like, "Yo, like if Isaac can make a CFL, I'm making a CFL." And, and he's if, he's even going NFL. Like you know what I'm mean, saying? He's, like he's pushing. Like he's at, he's in a good spot now. But he's even looking to go higher. Mm-hmm. Some people can get to their spots and just be like, "All right, I'm done. I made it to this position." But now nah, he's pushing to go higher, so that motivates more kids. Lendo, he's made it. And it's just like he's still pushing to go higher. To go higher and get better. And, so, and see, the thing is, too, I think with, with Nova Scotia being a small place and not many people really thinking outside of Nova Scotia, and I'm not saying you have to think outside of Nova Scotia, it's just, you know, you see a lot of people who get the opportunity to leave, and, and it's not easy to. you got to go away. Like, you know, I, I know firsthand how hard it is to leave your family and your friends. Yep. I've been doing that the last 10 years. I had to leave, you know, that that's a whole that's a whole different story with with that but i i understand what it is to leave your family yeah. and leave your your parents and, and your brothers and your cousins and, and your best friends i i get it and it's hard but that comes with you know that certain confidence that you talk about instilling into the youth and these kids to say listen you can do it i know this is hard but you can overcome this you can get through this and, and whatnot so um yeah man uh one one thing i'm gonna wrap this up pretty soon um one last question before I give you a quick, quick little burst of questions is: uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel that um, we, as as black people as a whole, and within your Nova Scotia black community, do you feel it's divided? And, and if you do, why? Um. So, like, growing up, I uh, I felt there that we were divided. Like, um, I felt North Preston was divided. Even though it's not, but I felt that way. Like, we're all connected. Like, Nova Scotia is so small. Someone from North Preston knows my mom or knows my dad or my cousins and stuff. Like, my last name, Clayton, comes from out them ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, I have roots out there. But there were times I felt like we were divided because, like, there's times we were going at each other. The square was beefing with people from North Preston. There, the square was beefing with people from the Bean or Mulgrave Park. And it's, it's like, it still happens to this day, but it's not as, as heavy as it used to be. Mm-hmm when I was a little bit younger. 
And I also realize people are waking up. They're coming to their senses. Like, man, if we t- keep taking each other one by one, there's not going to be no one left. None of us. But, yeah, I felt like there was some division between mm-hmm. us. And, like, it was just, I hated it because I was someone who could always, like, go to North Preston, go down Margaret Pratt, and, and connect with everyone. Like, mm-hmm. it was good. So yep. I could I could smile with the other people. But then there was also yeah. other people who were in my community, like, nah, man, fuck them boys or forget them people. Like, yep. I don't mess with them. I'll... I'll do whatever I gotta do to get rid of them, and it's just like, man, why are we talking so negative upon each other? But and we don't even realize and we're in one and the same. And it's <laughs> just like, at the end of the day, when you go to that, if you go in prison system, you still gonna see that person. Yep. It's just like, man, they're they want you in there, rock. Yeah. They don't want you out here. And it's just like you guys got like we gotta wake up and really see, it's us against the world, mm. and that's we gotta come together and unite. And it's just like and make them show and show that we need to. And so like another thing to was be just like unified, you know. We we un- like we're unite we're united when uh say if there's a passing like there's someone passes away and, and dies a young fella dies or someone like an older elder dies of sickness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Guarantee we're gonna like people from the community is gonna see those boys that they don't like at that funeral because down that line. There's somewhere we're connected. Exactly. And on that line, our family members knew each other's family members. And exactly. it's just like, why can we party with each other and dance with each other, celebrate the, the life of the someone good stuff. Yeah. at a funeral? Why can't we do this on, on regular? regular? Yeah. Why can't I be like, yo, you come over here, like, let's have a couple of drinks, mm-hmm. or like, let's chill, let's do something together without there being hate yep. going over? Or why can't I, like, why can't people from my community go to another community without having to worry about someone running up on them or, or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's not like, it's not as, like, when I was younger, I was saying it, it was it was hectic. Like, people were really hating on one another. But now it, it's... It's gotten it, better for it, sure. It's gotten way better. Mm-hmm. But there's still some people out there who still see the negative, and it's just like... They, they haven't gotta, let that go. And it's just like, yeah. man, we gotta, we gotta get these... Let go of these grudges and, and, and get brush off our it. shoulders yeah. and, and become I, men and, it, and handle it. It's crazy because I saw something on Instagram. I follow this this uh, page. I think it's called Embracing Black Culture. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember what it's called, but basically it was a bunch. It was it was pictures of the thread of tweets, and it was these people arguing. It was men and women, black all black, mm-hmm. arguing that women go through more, or the men were saying no, we go we got to deal with more, right? <laughs> And so I sat there and I commented. I said, "Hold up, why are we arguing about who goes through more? Like, why, why does, why does that matter? Yeah, the, you want to change? The we fact all go through a period. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Change that. And so I think that translates to different hoods and different, different um, environments where it's like, oh, where a certain hood might feel, oh, well, my head goes through the most, or no, you just go through it in different ways. ways. We, we all, all just go through, through the it. Same stuff and so how it's shown, exactly. How go through it mm-hmm. and if we if we could see that and be like it's, it doesn't matter who suffers more and we could sit there and say well we're all suffering period and we could we need to just change it then there wouldn't be this beef in between you know it needs to change it needs to all just like everyone needs to come to their two senses and, and really just like shake hands with one another mm-hmm. because it's stupid when I gotta go to a, a funeral for a young black man young black woman that was taken by a young black man or a young black woman mm-hmm. or just like it just doesn't just make like, sense man, like, like, head, yeah. like, are you serious mm-hmm. or it's just like if someone in your community fighting y'all gonna wake up in the same community the next day 
and still see each other. You're going to fight again? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, you grew up with each other or you grew up knowing each other. You grew up playing, like, I definitely played sports against everyone. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, when I played for the YMCA as a kid, North Preston versus the YMCA, those were the best games to ever go to. And it was just so much fun. Like, the kids were just like, yeah. But at the end of the game, we shake hands like, yo, bro. And it was just like, man, like, why can't we just. It was just, all love at the end of the all, day. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. why can't we just do that and really put all this stupid shit to the side? Definitely, man. And so I'm glad. I'm glad we got to talk about your experiences. And and, and um, after this, me and you, will, you know, we'll link up and we'll talk about ways, you know, we can figure out how to unite these communities starting with here in Nova Scotia and even branching outwards man so definitely appreciate all that um now I got a couple quick questions before we uh end off um top five ballers of all time could be NBA could be local just give me your top five no particular order ah damn so I'm gonna stick with my local Mm -hmm. uh I'm gonna like stick with the generation I really got to like see yep so I would definitely say my brother for sure Marquise Clayton yep as I grew up watching him every game uh Lindell my my, my other brother Lindell Wigginton it's my boy um I would say uh T-Bear Upshaw for sure another one mm-hmm. it's not in the order yep but uh T-Bear was nice um I'll give, I'll give credit to my boy Mandres Downey. He was he was dirty. Uh, and also, last there is just so much people you can really. It's hard. These are hard. Like, yeah. Are hard to, <laughs> to, to mm-hmm. But like, um, gonna be some people hitting you up like, bro, why ain't you saying my, <laughs> my name and stuff, man? Hey, <laughs> like I could definitely. He just gave me five. And this ain't just like this is just five I really got to see mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, but. Uh, Definitely my last. DJ Smith was, was crazy too, as I got to see. He played with my brother mostly like on a lot of teams together. Mm-hmm. So I got to see DJ as well. Just, I could go on with this. Like, yeah, yeah. You'll have to deal with that with your boys out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, um, top five all-time artists. Um, I would go with well, my favorite. <laughs> I love, like, Lil Dirk is my, my guy. But uh, I would go with Tupac is, is definitely someone that knew exactly what he was talking about. It was like he already seen 20 years ahead of him. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and so that's kind of, like, that's creepy, but it was just facts. Mm-hmm. Like, so Tupac, uh, Biggie. I like, um, like I said, Lil Dirk. Uh these are my top five. No one else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little personal. Dirt. Matter of um, personal opinion. I list. So I would. Um, Rob Wave has really been in mind. He's gonna come up crazy lately, yeah, man. Because, like, He's like that soul when, gospel rap. When he started, like when he released his stuff, it was like I'm going through. Like I just lost my boy Tristan right before that, mm-hmm. and so it was just like all his music was really touching, and so Rob Wave was in there for me. And then I would go with, uh, let's say, give my credit, like, give credit to Drake. Oh, yeah, you got the <laughs> Drake is, credit to Drake. Drake is just a uh, super powerhouse that is, he's in the world of his own. So mm-hmm. definitely a pretty great top five we got there. Um, 
you could interview any person dead or alive who Tupac. would be Tupac. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Tupac. Me too, man. That, Tupac. That nigga sure. just has so much wisdom. For sure. And the way he spoke about Oh man. Like, man, when I see his interviews like that they replay mm-hmm. and it's just like he was talking about everything that's happening now. Back then. Yeah. And he was so smart about it too. Which and, he, is, and that's why they wanted to take him out. That's yeah. why they didn't want him like up if if, the, if it wasn't Tupac, I would do it for Nipsey because Nipsey was the I would say he was a new generation, he was a new era of Tupac. Like he just he, wasn't that out he there. He was, he, yeah, and he when he started to come out there, what happened? He started to unite Crips and Blood. He started to We got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Like, he got to he got to go. Yep. And so it's just like damn. And like, then that's what they do to all our leaders, man. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, I think if it's instead of just being one at a time, if we. If we have a bunch of leaders, they can't stop us all. The mm-hmm. message out there, they could take me out, but the message out there, and so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, who, who should I get on the podcast next? Uh, so, this is something we do to one another. Uh, me, Kate McDonald, and Dorico Simon, mm-hmm. we all call each other out. So I'm going to say Kate McDonald or or Dorico. Or Dorico, definitely. Okay, I gotta. They always pick on me because I'm the youngest. In the yeah. <laughs> and so now it's my time to, to pick on one of them. Okay. So. Say less. Yeah, I'll definitely be reaching out to them. And my final question, man, it's not really a question. I, um, this is a segment I'll, I'll, I'll allow people to do. And I call it Get It Off Your Chest, man. If there's anything you want to say, it could be regarding any any topic, anyone, anything, literally whatever's on your chest that you just – you just want to say, you want to get it out. Could be something small, could be something big, whatever you want to get um, off your chest. Be yourself. Give everyone everything a chance, and and step out of your comfort zone. And that that's a huge message to to the ones who are against us. <laughs> step out of your comfort zone. Yep. And and come in, chat with. Come have those uncomfortable yeah. conversations with yeah. us and. And learn us and yeah. learn who we are, and we'll do the same and vice versa. Right? A lot of them, like when I was in Africa, I was told, like I, I went to a slaveholder, and I asked the tour, like the guy who was giving the tour, I was like, "Yo, how do you like? How can you do this?" He's like, "If you don't face your fears, you'll never get over it." So the ones who are out there scared of making their own people mad or anything, sometimes you got to make that sacrifice to to get over it, to be like, man, like this whole time after I was following these rules. I realized that those rules weren't the right ones to be mm-hmm. following. Be That's yourself. Right. You'll really find out who you are after you make some sacrifices. So, Great message, man. And again, um, thank you. I appreciate you for taking the time to come chat with me, come chop it up. Um, yeah, we got, we got work to do. As you can see, Trey is fighting a fight that not only his parents had to deal with, but every generation before that has been fighting. So... You know, for me, to the people, whether you're black or white or, you know, who you are, don't matter. I believe it's all of our responsibility as young adults, as youth, to break this vicious cycle. You know, nothing we have talked about is unfamiliar, especially in the black community, because it's gone on for centuries. You know, when a person doesn't necessarily relate to something, and and white people can't relate to this, because it hasn't been done to you guys. So, you know, when we can't relate to something, we actually don't care the way we say we do you know we usually post and i'm a victim of this too you know we usually post and reshare and that typically makes us feel better in the moment but that never actually changes anything it helps with the awareness yes but let's be real 
we're all aware pretty much of what's going on. Just some of us hide it and some of us have to face it every single day. You know, we don't care like we say or try to portray that we do. For example, you look at third world countries and we see the sad commercials of of the kids that are starving and such. And, and you hear the, the sad music and whatnot, you know, in the arms of the angel. That, that whole little sad song you guys know i can't sing but you guys know what i'm talking about and we see that and we'll see those commercials and we feel bad for the moment and we'll donate money to a foundation we probably don't even know much about but we think oh well someone's someone else is doing it so i don't i can contribute and i've done my deed but if you actually really cared and i mean care as if it were your own family you wouldn't wait for no one else you you would go you would get up you would gather food clothes and resources yourself you know obviously with the help of others but you would go get it yourself and deliver that's similar to this whole white privilege thing and you know what what i see on instagram you know if you're white don't just feel sad for the moment and post and reshare and then go back to normal privileged life do something and if you're not sure what to do then reach out to me Reach out to any person who's dealing with this, who has taken the lead or who has opened themselves out to have that dialogue. You know, ask how you can be an ally, you know, as if it were your own family, because whether we like it or not, we're all part of the human family. So let's quit posting. Let's quit the pretending. And word to Nike. Let's just do it. but we gotta start somewhere, might as well go ahead, start here. We didn't have a hell of a year, I'ma make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear.